Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second guess yourself? That can be crazy making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Save Your Sanity, Help for Toxic Relationships. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Tonight we're going to be talking about some parts of how narcissistic parents damage their children. And I made it part one because there's so much to say. <clears throat> so I'll add different parts later on in the podcast episodes. But this is a very important thing to keep in mind, that <clears throat> if you have had narcissistic parents, and you may not even want to acknowledge that you did, because often... You don't know until you really start to research. I've had many people tell me that until they listen to my YouTube videos or my podcast episodes or both, that they didn't really realize what deeply they were affected by all of this and what went on and how it went inside and affects their adult relationships now. <clears throat> so it's very important to learn these things really think about these things and how you are affected by them so that you can see the impact and effect and affect that they have on your current life, on your current relationships, your relationships with your children, your relationships with your partner, your relationships with the hijackal parents even. So very, very important for that to be figured out. And I want to help with that tonight. And what this comes down to is a term, tractability. And, you know, we often are familiar with using the words, well, they're intractable, meaning they won't move on something. They have a very solid opinion. Well, tractability is actually something that comes along when we're thinking about raising children. Tractability means, and according to the, the dictionary, means capable of being easily led, taught, or controlled easily handled and managed, easily dealt with, and easily persuaded. So doesn't a hijacker want somebody who is tractable, someone that they can easily persuade, easily manage, easily deal with, easily control? So what happens when they have children? Ah, the ideal subject to be controlled. The ideal, I gave birth to them. I have every right to control them. And that actually sets a foundation for your whole life when you are the child of a narcissistic parent. And believe me, I know because I had two narcissistic parents, two different kinds. And on top of that, I'm an only child. So I got it all. I got it from both of them in different forms, and it was very unpleasant, and it took a long time. In fact, it's why I do the work that I do, because when I complained about it as a young adult, people told me, how dare you talk about your parents like that? 
And there was nowhere to turn. Nobody wanted to hear. Nobody had any solutions. And of course, there was nobody talking about it in the therapeutic community either, particularly. And so <clears throat> that was a big, big disappointment to me. And when I got my PhD in psychology, I thought, I need to explore all the things that I needed that weren't available to me, which is why I do the work that I do now. So do you understand this business of tractability? You know, <clears throat> children, you know, haven't you ever heard somebody say, oh, they were such an easy child? Well, they may be meaning that they slept through the night and all, but they may also be meaning they did everything I told them to do, everything I expected to do them to do, and more. So they were easy. Well, in the case of hijackal parents, narcissistic parents, antisocial parents, borderline parents, even just plain old passive-aggressive parents sometimes, an easy child is one that can be controlled, can be persuaded. And of course, we have a duty of care to children. So we do want to control them. We do want to manage them. We do want to deal with them, but in a healthy way. So healthy parents accept the growth, the evolution, and the needs of a child to become increasingly tractable right? Decreasingly tractable, excuse me, to become decreasingly tractable. So it's healthy to start doing what we call individuating. That means I, I am learning about myself, even as a small child, I want to do this. I don't want to do that. As soon as a young child starts saying no to a hijackal parent, we have a conflict, a big conflict, because the hijackal parent does not want to be said no to. They may be able to handle it on the surface, but internally they are not handling it because to them the child is now not tractable. So healthy parents expect that. They expect the child to get more and more able to fend for themselves, to make a few mistakes, to fix the mistakes, and they're going to grow and they're not going to be as easily persuaded, not needing to be controlled. But it's not that way with hijackal parents because tractability is a threat. As soon as that child starts to say no, as soon as that child starts to do things that the parent isn't interested in or that the hijackal parent doesn't think makes them look good, I'll give you an example. It's a fairly stereotypical example, but I'll give you one. A hijackal father wants his son to follow in his footsteps, which means to play sports and excel at them. The child is very interested in art and music and math and doesn't want to play sports. So the hijackal parent shames the child continuously to demonstrate the fact that the child is not tractable. The child is not being easily led, not doing what they want them to do, has no interest in doing that. So they shame the child. And that is terribly, terribly damaging. So everything with a hijackal parent gets turned upside down. The parenting is upside down parenting because in a healthy situation, the parents meet the needs of the child 
And in an unhealthy hijackal situation, the hijackals demand that the child meet the needs of the parent. Now you can see what a huge shift that makes in your thought about yourself when you're a little person, when you are are small, young, when you are just being formed, and all of a sudden you're supposed to start taking care. You get this subliminal message, I'm supposed to take care of them, they're not going to take care of me. And we know we need the parents to survive. We need those giants to get us through life. And so we don't understand what's happening. We think that's just the way it is. And so we slowly start meeting the needs of the parent in strange ways, in unusual ways, in unhealthy ways. And the child learns that the parent's needs take precedence over the child's needs. And just to add insult to injury, the responsibility of needs for fulfillment shifts to the child rather than to the parent. And then you, as the child, have to become reactive and responsive to the needs of the parent. And that's backwards. That's upsy-downy land, as the children's book says. Then in hijackal families, children are recruited into the process of satisfying the needs of the parents. So think about that for a minute. If you were raised in a hijackal family, do you notice how that got turned on its head? That you were there to meet the needs of the parent? They were not there to meet your needs, which is the healthy way? When you begin to understand that, you begin to say, whoa, this whole thing got turned on its ear, and I didn't know any differently. How could I? I was a child. And so I accepted that this is the way it was because I needed those giants to survive. I couldn't go and get food or protect myself or put a roof over my head. I needed them. I intrinsically knew that even before I had language. You've heard me talk about that before. And so then I start thinking, oh, that's what I have to do to make them happy. How do you keep a hijackal happy? Well, you be tractable. You be easily led, easily managed, easily persuaded, easily controlled. So there are other factors. What if you have a hijackal parent who is addicted to something? And in that situation, when the person who is addicted is a hijackal, then the spouse and the children dance around the addict to avoid conflict. They're just bobbing and weaving to not have any conflict with the person because they know that rage will ensue, silent treatments will ensue, throwing things may ensue, ugly things will happen. So not only do we have upsy-downsy world, but now if we add addiction to it, we now have the spouse and the children dancing to keep the hijackal happy so there won't be any conflict. And what if the hijackal has borderline traits? Well, the dance is similar. Now you like me, now you don't, now you're happy, now you're sad. All over the place, and the child is having to respond to that. And it goes further into incestuous families where abuse is going on and the children are unprotected from the abuser because the spouse will not 
confront the abuser. And it just gets deeper and deeper and worse and worse as we look at things. So there's no protection for the children. And when you think back on your life, who was there to protect you? Maybe you had someone. I often was sent to my godparents. Now, as I learned when I was adult, they were quite dysfunctional too. But the thing is, they loved me. So I had that infusion of love, that infusion of normality, that infusion of having two adults who were very, very kind and loving to me. So I was fortunate in that way. I knew what it felt like, but most of my life was spent without them. So if you didn't have somebody in your home or in your family who protected you in some way for some period of time so that you could learn what it was to be loved, then you may be really learning something right now as I'm giving you all of these pieces of the puzzle to see, oh, that's where that came from. That's where the feeling that I have. That's why I don't ask for anything. That's why I don't expect good things to happen to me. That's why I overcompensate and overgive and overaccommodate for other people because I had to. As a child, I had to, or things were not going to go well. So even children can in their own little ways become enablers, they don't have a choice. But an, able, an enabling spouse, the other parent, creates even more havoc. Now, I've shared my definition of enabling with you before, but for those of you who are new, let me do that. Enabling is when you usually or frequently step in to fix, solve, excuse, justify, rationalize, and here's the big one, or make the consequences go away for the poor choices of others. Do you still make the consequences go away for the poor choices of others so they'll love you? That could be a remnant of having a hijackal parent. That could be something that you're still doing because you learned to do it early on, and maybe now you don't need to. In fact, I hope no one needs to, but it may be a moment for you to realize, I don't have to do that. I can change my mind. I can change the way that I interact. I can reclaim my power and rebuild my life in the way that is healthier, that I want to, that makes sense to me, that fits with my values, my vision, my goals, my purposes. Because the enabling parent puts energy into keeping the lid on conflict and keeping the abuser happy, again, without protecting the children. So if you find that these are making sense to you, like, yeah, that happened when I was young, just know that we can work together, we can talk. If you haven't been a client before, I have a one-time offer for only $97 for a full hour for new clients. Go to beaclient.com and we can talk. And if you're enjoying this uh, podcast, you can support it at patreon.com slash save your sanity. 
patreon.com slash save your sanity. You can make a one-time donation there or a small monthly donation. And I appreciate that. It shows that you're receiving value from what it is that I do. And I'm glad. So do you see the upside down nature of all this? The parenting is on its head. It's not the way it produces healthy humans. And unhealthy humans have difficulty producing healthy humans. <laughs> uh, you may become healthy as you get older, but that wasn't because your parents wanted that for you. One of your parents, and in my case, both of my parents, they wanted me to be compliant. I'm not a terribly compliant human in, in ways when people are trying to put me down. I know that'll come as a complete shock to you, but um, I'm not. And I, I get less so as time goes on. So the behavior of the child with upside down parenting, the behavior of the child is evaluated in terms of the impact it has on the parent. And if the parent is not feeling like they're getting enough goodies from their child, they will take it out on the child. They'll take it out on their spouse. They'll take it out on everybody. And, you know, I have, I have a, an opinion about, I'm sure that shocks you. I have an opinion about why hijackals have children. And you know, we like to think all these wonderful thoughts about, oh, they just wanted to replicate themselves. They wanted to bring a child into the world. They had so much love to share. No, hijackals, in my opinion, have children for three purposes. One, to have someone who will agree with them. Two, to have someone who will do their bidding and um, meet their goals, serve them, in other words. And number three, is to have someone who will validate them by making them look good. So what if you don't do, like the example I used earlier, what if making them look good to a hijackal is being a winner on the sports field and you are artistically inclined or you are mathematically inclined or you like to create video games and you have no interest. Now we have a problem because you're not going to make that parent look good by their definition of what would make that parent look good. And you know, you're not here in this world to make your parents look good. <laughs> I know it's a nice bonus when it happens, if everybody's healthy and, and it's a wonderful thing. But if you had a hijackal parent, you might be twisting yourself like a pretzel in order to make them happy and to make them look good and be totally miserable yourself in the process. And as an adult, the good news is you can totally change that. Because that making people look good, making the hijackle look good, um, leaves a, a child with two opportunities, make them look good or be seen as inadequate. Not such great opportunities alternatives, right? I mean, making them look good if you can't, or you don't have what it is that they want you to have to make them look good, then what are you supposed to do? You will become the black sheep or you will become the scapegoat because you do not make them look good in their opinion. You could be fabulous at what you do, but in the hijackal's opinion, it isn't fabulous because it isn't what they wanted and you were not tractable. 
you were not easily led to do what pleased them. Is this making some sense? I hope so. Because in hijackal families, the child is never allowed to have a problem. If the child has a problem, the hijackal parent sees that the child is the problem. They don't want children to have needs or wants or interests. They want to tell you what your needs and wants and interests are. Hijackal parents gaslight you from the moment that you're born. They will define your reality for you. Now, of course, parents do that all the time. But healthy parents are interested in you and want to know what you think and need and want and feel. But unhealthy parents, hijackal parents, they don't care. They're interested in what they think and feel and want and, and <clears throat> now you don't get to have your feelings. Theirs are paramount. And so a child doesn't get, if a child has a need, the child doesn't get to have a need. Instead, the hijackal gives that child a label as problematic and worse things. And that might have happened to you. Kids of hijackals, they learn their feelings have little to no to negative value. Hijackal parents are not interested in how you feel unless it goes along perfectly with what they want you to feel. And there's a normal upswing in your interest in the world. You're stepping out. You're thinking about yourself and how you fit in the world, what interests you, what you'd like to do, how you, how you see the world. And that's normal and healthy. And as you get older, those things may diverge from the hijackal or from your parents in a healthy situation. All good. But in a hijackal situation, no, not good. So you'll detach from your feelings when you're raised by a hijackal because your, your feelings don't matter to them and you may detach from them. You may even deny your feelings. There's a book called The Narcissistic Family written by Stephanie and Robert Pressman and I chose this quote to share with you. They said, kids get an exaggerated sense of their impact on the needs of their parents and they become the reflection of their parents' emotional needs. So hijackal children, the children of hijackal parents become a mirror of their parents' emotional needs. So as you think about that, can you allow yourself, if you haven't already, to say, "Mm -mm, no more, I do not need to do that. I do not need to be participating in that whole system anymore. And of course, parents' needs change all the time. Hijackals' needs change faster than light. So guess what? You can't get it right. You give them exactly what they wanted yesterday. Now they want something different. And that's something a child learns really early on when they have a hijackal parent. And you know, until we're five or six, we are really just running our emotions. 
you know, I've said before that we're really just vibrating sacks of emotional nerve endings, taking in our surroundings. How do I fit? Do they like me? What do I need to do? And we're just taking all that in and we don't even have language for it. And then at around five, six, seven years old, we get the development of a parietal and prefrontal lobes in our brain. We start seeing ourselves as separate beings. And then we start engaging irrational linear thought. But up until then, we don't. So everything that gets put into us before that time really sticks, which is the answer to the question, why do therapists always want to talk about your childhood? Because things got put in there. Things got put in there as though your software was being programmed when you were little. And into that programming, there were viruses and worms and sadly, Trojan horses set to go up later in your life. And maybe they were benign in healthy families, but in hijackal families, they're not benign. And so we really need to understand that because a hijacker wants to keep you on their toes, always wants to control you so you know you can't get it right. And if you had a hijackal parent, you don't learn to validate your own feelings. You don't learn to meet your own needs because you're always having to meet theirs. So you take a way back second and you learn that when you're little. And you, you tend to numb out your feelings and your needs and your wants. You kind of hope that'll keep the hijackals happy. So I just want to give you a few thoughts now on what happens when you have a narcissistic, hijackal, antisocial, borderline parents. So first of all, you get that upside down responsibility where you're taking care of the parents rather than they're taking care of you. You as a child become responsible for the emotional needs of the parent and you do not have your needs met. That's number one. And number two is you become and are expected to become reactive and responsive to your parents and their needs. So you don't trust your own feelings and you don't trust your own judgments about things. You look to them like, am I right? Is it okay? Can I feel this way? Is it all right for me to be thinking this way? And you constantly do that. And it becomes a, an impediment as you get older because you're second guessing yourself all the time. And then what happens? Some hijackal out in the world says, ah, here's somebody who's already been groomed. I don't have to do the work. The parents did the work and they come along and you're attracted to them and they're attracted to you. And you find yourself in a relationship or a marriage with somebody who's like the hijackal parent, right? So we have the up, upside down responsibility. And then we have this reactive responsive thing where we're only supposed to care about what happened with the for the parents, what do they need? And that it, they don't respond to the expectations. So you wait to see what do they need, and then you try to respond to their expectations. And then we go back to part one where you can't ever get it right. So you feel inadequate most of the time because you can't meet the needs and expectations of your parent. Have you ever had that feeling that nothing you do could ever be good enough? If you do well here, they're going to get you over there. That's what I'm talking about. And then the third thing I want to just 
to put into the mix because this is part one and I'm going to talk about a lot of other pieces of this puzzle in another episode. But the third one is that you will have issues with intimacy because in a hijackal family, you learn not to trust. You just innately learn not to trust because you can't get it right. You can't trust what they say. You can't trust what they want. You can't trust that they're going to like you for this all the time because as soon as you do this, they want that. And it makes a difference for you um, because you will do it as an adult. You will have difficulty trusting. And that becomes really a big obstacle in creating a healthy, happy adult relationship that includes those three must-haves I talk about in episode 115. They must have equality and equity, reciprocity, and mutuality. When you have a hijackal parent and you are needy or you express a need or a want, mm -mm. needy kids are seen as a threat to the parents because of the upside-down nature. So you may be very needing because you've never been loved. You've never been seen for who you are. You're never good enough. And so you carry that on into your adult relationships. That can certainly happen. And the older you get, the more complex your needs and hijackal parents make you wrong for having those needs. And they'll continually make you wrong. They will want to control you till the grave. Their grave and yours, because if you don't fix it, they will always be in your head. They will always be meddling in there. They'll always be giving you the wrong messages, which is why you do the work. That's why you do the work. That's why you, you come and we talk at beaclient.com, or if you're not ready for that, come to my Emerging Empowered community and become a member. So many good things for you there including every member has the opportunity to participate in two Ask Me Anything calls, group calls with me each month. And all of that and many, many things more for you there. I answer your questions there. There are discussion groups. There's everything that you need to have a community of people who know what you're going through and are at different stages of walking through it. So come on over to join in today dot com and join the emerging empowered community. So hijackal parents are emotionally unavailable. Now what happens if you think the only way to make a hijackal parent happy is to be like them? So you mimic the way they are. And you don't even like the way they are, but you think you need to do it to survive. That's problematic. Hijackal parents want you to be emotionally unavailable so you won't bother them with your needs or your wants or your thoughts or your feelings. They are emotionally unavailable. And when you're a little person, you're tempted to model yourself after them. And if that happened to you, there's so much that you can do so that you can enjoy healthy, happy, emotionally healthy relationships. So with a hijackal parent, the child has to be the one who adapts. If they don't adapt, they don't survive. I mean, they may still be breathing, but they won't survive emotionally. 
kids who have normal development processes, they are a threat to a hijackal parent. The hijackal parent doesn't want any of that healthy development. And the emotional needs of children, well, they increase geometrically as their tractability decreases. So the more you grow, the more emotional needs you have. But also as you grow in a healthy development, the less you're able to be led and controlled and manipulated and persuaded. And the hijackal really doesn't like that. So things get worse as you get older when you have a hijackal parent. And this is not not good. And normal child development, as a child develops in a normal fashion, they need to please themselves and their friends increasingly as the need to please their parents decreases because they're getting ready to go in the world, getting ready to know how they feel, how they act. And so they're not there to please their parents. So the hijackal parent clamps down and wants more and more and more control as the child gets older. And so you just can't have this normal development if you have a hijackal parent. And a hijackal parent believes the child is intentionally thwarting them. And the child is intentionally becoming more selfish because the child has healthy development. And then things really start to break loose and go south. The child becomes an extension of the parent in the parent's eyes. And for the child to get approval, they must meet the needs of the parent. So big question for you. Are you still endeavoring to meet the needs of your parents, even if they're outlandish? Are you still trying to make parents happy who have a dedication to never allowing you to make them happy? These are important considerations because today, right this minute, you can start turning away from that, turning towards something much healthier. You don't want to get used to only meeting the needs of other people because it leads to trying to please other people with no understanding of what pleases you, no understanding of yourself, not allowing yourself to have your feelings, not allowing yourself to have your dreams, but hoping that by pleasing someone else, they will allow you to have something. Another thing that hijackal parents don't have is boundaries, and they don't want you to have any either. And boundaries are so very important to know about yourself, to know how to give voice to them, and to know how to enforce them. Very, very important. But you won't learn that with a hijackal parent. And you may be at hooked on approval. And you're looking for the approval of someone of whom you don't approve. You've heard me tell that story, I'm sure, about my mother and how I realized that after she died, much as I didn't approve of any way she was in the world, there was still a little part of me that I finally figured out that was waiting for the approval of someone of whom I don't approve. And I'd be happy to help you stop waiting for that approval. Because underneath, when you're doing that, you can become angry and resentful and empty. There's no you in there. It's all dancing as fast as you can and as hard as you can in order to please people who won't be pleased. So that's what happens. That's how you get the damage when you have a hijackal parent. And I hope that it 
gives you some insight or gives you some affirmation or validation from what has gone on for you in your life and that you can allow yourself now to grow into something that has a little more space for you, right? A little more space for you to be completely you. And if I can help you, go on to my website, forrelationshiphelp.com. If you want to go to my YouTube channel, it has the same name, youtube.com slash forrelationshiphelp. So until we speak again, I hope you will take very good care of yourself. Really think deeply about your own needs and wants and thoughts and feelings and know that you're allowed to have them. Take very good care of yourself. You're precious and you matter. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.